Welcome to Our Scars Speak. My name is Christina Miner, and I am the host of this podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to provide our disclaimer. We are not claiming to be medical professionals or any other professional providing advice regarding your treatment plan. We encourage everyone to follow their doctor's orders. We are only here to share our experiences and provide support. Tonight, we have Yvette Mercer. I'm so excited. Yvette is another one of my girls from Here for the Girls. She's a 2023 calendar ambassador, and I'm not going to get into her story, but she is my sister friend that I call her, and I just want to thank you for coming on tonight, Yvette. Thank you. I'm very, very excited and very honored to be on tonight and to share this time and share my story, and I'm my one hope is if I help one person, I've done a good job. Oh, and I'm sure you'll help plenty. <laughs> okay, Yvette. So you know the question. You know what I like to ask first because you watch this often. And I would like to know, as well as the audience, who is Yvette? Who am I? I am, I always tell people, um, I'm a good time if you want to <laughs> go <laughs> Um, you know, and I like to have fun always. I love laughing is my favorite. Um, you know, just getting together, having fun, helping others is a big, you know, big thing that I love to do. I love my family. I love my friends. Um, like I said, yeah, I'm a good time. That's what, that's who I am. If you want to have fun, I'm the person that you should probably ring the phone <laughs> and that is so true because every time that I hang out with Yvette which we've hung out quite often here lately and she is a good time she has a lot of fun she loves to laugh that's one thing that I think when I think of you I'm like man she loves to laugh. you love to laugh like and you have such a beautiful laugh and you're just fun you're fun but also you're such an encourager and I know that you you know you definitely love your family you love your church and you're an encourager for sure so also I know of course you're breast cancer survivor and before you got diagnosed I would love for you you to just share with everyone like what was life like for you like what was going on you can go back as far as you want to go back this is your interview um but you know just what was life like before you even found out your diagnosis um just living life like normal um I had you know recently gotten married in 2018 um to my husband JR um we had you know, been friends for a very long time. We were actually, you know, best friends and, you know, started dating my whole entire family, kept saying, I don't know why you guys don't get together and get married. I was like, nope, it's not happening. We're just, but in the, he knew, he's, he knew <laughs> <laughs> so he waited, um, but we had just gotten married in 2018 you know, kids are growing up. Natalie is getting ready to start kindergarten and, you know, just living the normal, you know, day to day. Okay. So you have, you had at the time before you found out you had, she was four, you said? She was or four. She was mm -hmm. four. Okay. And then your son, you have a Jonathan son. Jonathan was eight. He was eight. Your daughter was four. You had just got married. Just gotten married. We had celebrated our one year anniversary. I was 
And wow. I'm skipping ahead before. No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. You just. Because um, yeah, we got married in 2018. Mm-hmm. So. We had just celebrated our one year anniversary. Wow. And about a week and a half later, I got the news that I had breast cancer. Okay. So, wow. So if you could kind of go back before you got the news and what exactly did you, so how old were you? Let's start there. How old were you before, right before you found out? 47. You were 47. So you had been getting your routine breast cancer screenings and doing them at home and going to the doctor and going to the doctor. So what was strange about that year? So this was 2019. Mm -hmm. um, What was strange about that year is that, you know, I have been going, getting mammograms for, you know, a very long time. I actually had a surgery in my early twenties. I had some fibroids that needed to, you know, be removed and everything. But so ever since then, I always had to go because they were like, you always need to come back. And I was used to checking and everything like that. So that year, when they called to schedule me, they were like, you know, it's time for your your mammogram. And I actually almost skipped that year. Truly, I wasn't, I was like, they always come back fine you know, we really don't have any history, you know, and I, I don't know, it was just, I don't, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. It was just like, everything came fine. It was, I don't know if I was just like busy or just felt like I didn't really have like the time. And when I went for, and I went for my, so I decided to go, you know, for my yearly. And like I said, we were, um, celebrating our one year anniversary. So we're getting, that was another thing I was excited about, you know, going out of town, getting the kids situated. My, you know, cousin was, you know, keeping the kids that weekend. And, you know, I was just, you know, while I don't have, well, we're planning on doing this, I'll, I'll do it when I get back. But I actually went beforehand. And then when they read the results, the radiologist noticed it was different from the previous year. So okay. she was like, well, let's just do some extra steps. It's just, she goes, it came back kind of looking different, but I just want to make sure. So we did the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. She did two things. She did the ultrasound and then she went ahead and did the biopsy at the same time. But she's like, I don't really think it's anything. So I was thinking like, oh, they're just being extra cautious. My stuff always comes back clear, clean. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm safe, you know, it's everything is fine. And so then, like I said, you know, we went on, you know, celebrated our anniversary, went to, went to Maryland, went to the MGM. I mean, we had a really, you know, wonderful and great time. And then, like I said, a few days later, they were, you know, called and said that, you know, we needed to come in. Mm. And when they said to come in, but don't come by yourself. Mm. Now, my husband thought he knew then that something wasn't right. Right. I'm still thinking, oh, well, they just want to go over. I don't know. They're just going to tell me some stuff and I'm going to be fine. Uh But, Uh you know, everybody, everyone says now, you know, that, you know, when they call you back, it's, you know, the cancer room. And Mm -hmm. that truly is a thing. And, um. So when they walked, you know, we walked in and, you know, sat down and the radiologist was, and like I said, she thought herself that it wasn't 
anything. And when I, you know, she sat down, she's like, you know, I'm really sorry to tell you, you have breast cancer. After she said that, I couldn't tell you what she said. Wow. So let me ask you a question. So you had, you, you got, you got the result that Mm -hmm. they had, you had to come back because they wanted to check something out. When you came back the second time, they did the mammogram and the ultrasound, right? Mm -hmm. You were on, then you went on vacation with your husband to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So did they do, and then the next call was come in, but did they ever do a biopsy? They did the biopsy with the, when they did the ultrasound, she went ahead and did the biopsy as well. Okay. So, cause I was about to say, wow. Yeah, she did it all in one. Okay. Because I, because then I was curious at that point, and she's like, "Well, I'm just, I just want to be extra cautious. I still don't think it's, you know, of anything." And so again, that was really, that was, it was not anywhere near my thought process that she was going to come back and say that I had breast cancer. Right. And you know, when you even talk about, like, oh yeah, I was just gonna, you know, you're you're gonna get your annual, but it was yeah, but I just wasn't getting it right then. Yeah, and I was busy. I was, you know, I'm celebrating. I'm everything is but that's important. Yeah. That's important to say, and I'm glad you said it because that's many of our lives. Right. Especially, you know, when you find the younger cases of breast cancer, it's usually, you know, I was going, you know, no, I've never had a bad one. And all this kind of, right. just kind of, you know, it's not like you're shoving it off forever, but just sort of like, I'm going to wait a little bit. Right. Sometimes that waiting can become months. Right. Um, or it pushes so, on to the next year. So. Yeah. so that, that, and what year was, this was 2018 when you this got. This was 2019. And what month in 2019? It was May, 2019. Honestly, that was nobody but God because, you know, 20. You said 2019, 2020 mm-hmm. was COVID. You wouldn't have been able to get your mammogram. Correct. Wow. Had you, I mean, you know, had it wait. Had like, I not, you're you're exactly right. Because, you know, after, you know, so I was, you know, diagnosed in, you know, the May of 2019. Mm-hmm. So it went from, you know, I've been, you know, I was diagnosed you know, you've got to follow up, you know, we'll get you the information. We'll follow up, you know, like with your doctors and everything. So like I said, you know, after she said that, I really didn't know, you know, you're just in shock. Cause I'm like, okay. And then of course, in your mind, you're like, oh, well, I guess, I don't know. You know, they, of course they don't know what type it is, what, right. how, you know, all the you know the things that follow up afterwards what type it is what type of treatment you're gonna have and different things like that the only thing that you think is that oh well this is the end I'm going to you know oh my daughter she's in kindergarten I'm not gonna be able to see her grow up my mm-hmm. son is you know you just think all the negatives right and right. then and then your mind just is it still is just kind of blank because like I said I don't Anything else she said after that, I truly could not tell you. If someone said, you know, here's a million dollars, tell me what they said that day. I like, I guess I'm in the same state that I was before the author. If you just want to be kind, give it if to me. If you want to be, you know, if you could just Nothing. give it to me because I couldn't tell you what she said. Yeah. So, you know, so we left that day, you know, we got home. And it was just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know, 
you know, I was like, and neither one, you know, and, you know, cause my husband went with me and he was just, you know, none of us knew what to say. And, you know, the, you know, he's like, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be all right. You're going to make it. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't even, and it wasn't like I burst into tears or anything either. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to think. It was just that I was in shock. Cause again, I'm going in there thinking, I'm not thinking anything and all I'm, I'm really not. I'm just really thinking that, you know, this was going to be just some normal, Hey, we found this. Maybe you need to, you know, eat better or do, you know, change up. Right. You know? So I'm just, again, not thinking anything. So, you know, again, like once I got myself together and thinking about, you know, then of course, these are all the phone calls with the, follow-ups and the meeting of the doctors and everything like that. Now, mind you, I had went through this with um, Jennifer, mm, that's is, right. is also part of our Here for the Girls. She is July of 2020. Um, she was diagnosed in 2016. So I had, and when you're going through, you know, supporting and being with, you know, a friend or a family member or anything like that. Again, you never think that this is going to happen to you. Mm. But again, God's plan is perfect. And I think I get, you know, lack of, but, you know, it may not have been the, I you know, I'm thinking that might not have been the best way, but I knew what, what I knew how to, to get started. I knew like who, what doctors I needed to see. I knew, you know, what questions possibly I needed to ask. So it just kind of went from, okay, I'm in shock to, okay, now it's fight mode. Now I got to figure out, you know, what's going, you know, what am I going to do? And I had to, I just felt like I had to keep moving. Now there were definitely days where I wanted to lay in the bed and not do anything and just be like, you know, I'm done. But mm -hmm. I had to keep moving. Like I said, it was, you know, even though JR and I had been together for for a long time, we were newly married. That's a new wow. chapter. That's a new, you know, new thing. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't leave my husband. I can't mm -hmm. leave kids I can't leave my mom I can't leave my brothers and sisters I can't you know right. and it was like I've gotta you know I still gotta gotta be here and who's gonna be a good time if I'm gone so you know <laughs> so I saw that you know so that's when the you know like I said the doctor's appointment started so um you know when you were announcing of being on there saying of, of second opinions so right. That those doctors were at a at a different you know practice, and I had seen another doctor who had kind of given me like a treatment plan. She was like, you know, it's small, we can go in, we can do the lump back to me. He might have to do radiation. We're not sure, but we'll see along the lines. But then when my OBGYN received the results. Mm -hmm. He was like, absolutely not. You're going to see this doctor and we're going to have this surgeon and we're going to, so, and he's been my OBGYN, you know, 15, 20 years. So I'm like, okay, so 
I, you know, I trust him. So I start, you know, again, so that started another, you know, going to see new doctors and everything like that. But I was very happy with the doctors that, um, you know, that I did, you know, choose. And like I said, you know, when you hear something like that, and some people, if you're fine and comfortable with those doctors, that's great. But if someone, you know, he suggested like, he was the not there, he's like not that they're bad doctors or anything like that. I just feel like these they're better. So I tell people all the time that you know I have the Cadillac of doctors because I really do like they're all in the same practice. They all it's all in one place. Everybody has access to you know one file that you're not re-explaining you know different things. So wow. So with it's interesting. <laughs> Like even what you were talking about, how um, sort of like God prepared you because yes. you have to be with, you were with Jennifer and I yes. used the story in full detail. So has she and, um, you know, close friend and part of family and yes. it was 2016, you get diagnosed 2018. So you had an idea. Right. And do you think that that even played a part with when your doctor, of course, we should trust who our doctors are. Right. So, you know, you you have the one doctor that you hear and say, do this, but then your doctor that you absolutely trust is saying no. But also, do you think on top of what your doctor said, do you think that what you've seen Jennifer go through also had you to be like, you know what, yeah. I need to go ahead and get a second opinion? Yes, because I just needed to, to make sure, because I mean, again, doctors are people. Mm-hmm. You know, they make mistakes or anything like that. You know, God is the ultimate doctor. Right. But it was just something when, you know, when he was like, you know, he's like, you know, it's it's your choice. But I was like, no, well, let me go and see. Because sometimes if, you know, if someone is, you know, at least I'm like, oh, if they both say the same thing, mm-hmm. then I, you know, I've, I, I can't go wrong. But if someone's going to give me, something better then that's the you know I felt like that was the direction to go in right yeah yeah that's 100% facts as far as like who you trust in this situation because right yeah God has the ultimate power but he gave us wisdom with who we need to have to work on our bodies as well right. Right. so when it came to getting the, these new set, this new set of doctors, mm-hmm. what exactly did they say as far as diagnosis and your treatment plan at that point? He's, they were, they said pretty much the same thing. The other doctor, she um, was talking, you know, possibly a double mastectomy and uh-huh. which again, like I said, I knew that, you know, whatever that needed to be done, I would have done them, but what was different with my doctor that I went with, he said, that's not necessary at Mm. this time. He's like, but if I chose to do that, he would do it. Okay. He was, you know, he said, you know, the, the tumor was small. I was, um, stage one, a ER, ERP or positive, HER2 negative. Mm. So he was like, he believes he's like, you know, a lumpectomy and radiation and you you wouldn't need to do chemo. Okay. So that was 
you know, so I was like, okay. I was like, I go, do you, you know, how definite are you? He's like, well, you know, I'm pretty confident, but of course we still have to do, you know, tests. I had to do, you know, MRIs, you know, ton of blood work and um, everything from there. So like I said, diagnosed in May of 2019, mm-hmm. did a whole bunch of like tests and doctor's appointments all in between, in between there. And then my surgery was scheduled July the 2nd. Okay. So right before the 4th of July. July 2nd, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Because I think July 2nd, 2019. Yeah. I met you around. Around that time. When you yeah. had an infection. Like we were both. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it was. And see, was that rough. was another thing too. You know, it was. You know, so. You know, like I said, that was July, you know, 29th. So it's, it's in, you know, it's the, it's May, it's ending of the school year. Like I said, Natalie is little, she hasn't even started school yet. Right. So, you know, I'm very thankful through this whole entire journey that I had my family. I had my friends, I had mm-hmm. my church family, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law, they, they traveled, came mm-hmm. and took my children for the summer, well, they go every summer, but they came early, got them so that when I had the surgery, I didn't have to worry about where the kids were going to be, what they're going to be doing. So between my brother and my sister-in-law and my other sister and my brother-in-law, they, you know, split between okay. the kids to make sure that my kids were taken care of. Um, My best friends, they all rallied you know, around what do you need? What do you need to do? I had um, a friend of mine who I've choose one of my first friends that I met when I moved here. Her name is Crystal. She's a nurse. She came and took care of me after my surgery came and stayed, you know, with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely a person that I, I'm independent. I don't like asking for help. So if I'm coming to you and saying that I need something, it it was some long conversation with myself of saying, okay, I have to extend. Somebody has to help me. And that was one of the biggest things that I learned. I'm because I will do everything for you. I will drop everything, do whatever that you need to do and be there. But if I need something, I'm going to try to do it my myself. And that's something that I have myself. And I've also learned that, you know, I have, again, I have to ask for help and that I can't be in control of everything. God is in control and I have to trust him more than myself because Mm. ultimately his plan is better me doing my own things my own way doesn't and hasn't Mm. worked out for me so I had to that was a lot that was another thing too so through this even though it was very you know tough at you know at times that Mm. is a big lesson that I would say that I that I learned so you had to really learn to be vulnerable yes yeah and let go and let go and let, and let the whole yes and let someone else you know you yeah. know with that so after I had my surgery and again like you know they 
you know, the doctor said, you know, this is really small. We'll go mm -hmm. and get everything out. You know, I had the lumpectomy. They took two or three lymph nodes and okay. tested those and those came back clear. So he felt like, you know, we got everything. So, you know, at like 30 days later, they want you to start radiation. Mm -hmm. So I had 23 rounds of radiation. And so that was the middle of August. So I finished like September the 18th or 19th. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm done. I've, I've done my surgeries. I've, you know, done radiation. Mm -hmm. We're on the ups. We're on the, we're on the, the end of this road and, you know, start picking up pieces and different things like that. So after radiation, you know, I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. They tell you that radiation, you know, it makes you tired. You know, you're worn out. It's going to take you a long time to get your energy and stuff back. So a couple of weeks pass. Still don't feel that great. Still really tired, but I'm still getting up. I'm still going and you know, and of course, you know, people think, oh, well, you've done all your stuff. You're fine. And everything is back to normal. Mind you, there is no back to normal after cancer or any d disease or illness. You're, you're a new normal. It's a new, it's a new bracket you move into. So still not feeling well, going to the doctor. He's like, oh, it's healing, but it's maybe taking a little bit longer. And you know, it might be lymphedema. And I'm like, well, I don't have any other swelling anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just where the incision is. And it just, it hurts. I'm just in pain. So he still does, you know, my breast surgeon still, does, you know, I'm still coming back like every couple of weeks. And he's like, well, I'm going to get you an appointment with, you know, the lymphedema clinic. And I'm like, okay, but I still don't think that's what this is. Something is, is wrong. Right. So, um, it's probably two days before my appointment that I was going to the lymphedema clinic. Um, my husband is getting, he was going to school at that time and he mm -hmm. was getting, he had night classes. I'm sitting at the table. He's getting ready to walk out of the door. I stand up and it was like an explosion. I know that's very graphic, but no, you're fine. Go ahead. My ex my incision opened up hmm. and it was like a flood of whatever infection or anything was in there was now on my living room floor. <laughs> so he just stopped in his tracks. He's like, okay we're going to the emergency room. So, right. and so <laughs> that's exactly, you know, so I get, you know, we're driving and we're wow. right there, you know, next, you know, close to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I had messaged the doctor that same day of still saying, Hey, I don't feel well. Now they're really, they were really good in getting back to you. Like I can, mm -hmm. um, you know, leave a message through the portal or call the office or whatever. And, you know, my doc, they've called like after hours and everything. So she, the, his nurse called me 
And she was like, well, I got your message earlier, things you're not doing well. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing so well that I'm in the emergency room. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've been telling you that something was wrong. And so now I'm sitting in the emergency room and had my towel around. I mean, it was it's quite traumatic. Like, I'm just like, okay, they told me that this was small and I'm going to have radiation and this is going to be finished and I'm going to be done and I can just get back to what my new normal is going to be. So now this starts a whole nother cycle of, I don't know what's wrong. So of course, immediately I'm in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. They get me patched up and everything. They don't research it and say, you know, they just put bandages and everything on it. So um, they, you know, my doctor like, you need to see your doctor the very next day. So that morning, but by this time I'm pissed off because I've been telling you that something was wrong. You, you know, oh, you know, I don't know what, you know, happened. And then he's, he's, you know, my doctor is more, which I, I'm thankful for, you know, again, he's a, a normal, he's a doctor, he makes mistakes, whatever. But he was like, I've been doing this for 30 years. This has only happened one mm-hmm. other time to a patient. I was like, well, lucky me. Again, I drew the short straw. And I was like, so what are we? But I was so mad that I didn't even talk in that appointment. JR had to talk for me because I told him, I was like, why weren't you listening to me? So that's another thing of, you know, again, because if if he wasn't going to listen to me, I was about to call somebody to say, somebody figure out what is happening, what is going on. I have a question for you. I have yes. a couple of questions. So first yes. of all, did you have to take tamoxifen? Yes. Okay. So you're still on tamoxifen mm-hmm. for a total of five years or 10? Mm-hmm. Five. Five okay. for right now and praying that next year in April You'll when I go in there, he says, we're done. And I can say, yes, I can stop taking this. And what grade of cancer was it? I don't know the grade. Okay. Okay. Okay, so now, and the reason why I asked about the tamoxifen, I didn't hear you say anything about it, but then also I was like, because, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, well, it's the medication, you know, you're not feeling well because of the medication or yeah. because of this or because of that. And it's like, no, I know my body. Right. There is something wrong. Yeah. And then the other question I wanted to ask, I need to go back to that emergency room part because okay. <laughs> did they literally, so your chest opened up. Yeah, so my incision is like right here on the side and it just literally where where the incision was, it just- It opened up. Opened up. And you go to the emergency room. They obviously probably didn't want to stitch you. No. Because they probably didn't want that liability. But right. it's interesting that, so they, they did bandage you though. Did they pack they it? Did. They 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 packed like just big bandages, nothing okay. on the inside of the incision. Just enough to wrap me up that I'm just not leaking all over. Now, by the time they pulled me back and everything, right. I believe most of it, well, that was going to come out that that can physically fall out. Okay. So that was in the morning because you say your husband's- This was at night. This oh, was, was at night. night. 
Yeah. Okay, it was at night. And then what time? That next morning. ER? Huh? What time you get to the ER? Like seven or eight that and night. You had to wait till the next day. But they I had to wait till the next, because they didn't want, they thought about keeping me yeah. overnight. And then they were like, so they, they called and talked to my doctor and, you know, I guess they explained the situation and they didn't feel like it was necessary for me to stay overnight. Because again, I guess, like you said, they didn't know what to really do. Mm -hmm. So they're going to leave it, you know, to him. So like I said, that next, I was very, I was in his office that next morning by nine o'clock. Now I'm trying to figure out, okay, did they... Having to go home because they didn't want you to get another because you know you can get um, infections in the infection hospital. in the hospital and that no. might have been as well because they did test it um, to make sure I didn't have like okay. MRSA or anything like that and they didn't think you know that was but they you know went ahead and sent me home and like I said I was back that you know next day so even that day in the hospital, I mean, mm -hmm. in the doctor's office, he drained it again. But that just tells you how much infection that was in there. And it still wasn't completely out. And how long ago was this after your actual surgery? This was, my surgery was in July. This was mid-October, first part of like November. Like this okay. kind of like went on where I was going back and forth to the doctor for him to, to drain it like as much as he could. So he had done everything that, you know, as far as like physically like draining, like taking a needle and mm -hmm. draining it out. So he scheduled another, he scheduled a second surgery. This was December the 2nd mm -hmm. to remove all the infection. So he went in and he did all of that and removed the infection. Now, mind you, they never did seal the incision. It just, it, they just packed, they packed it. So I had to like kind of like clean that out. But when he did that, he was like, so we're going to do, he's like, I'm not sure why it's taking so long for you to heal. So then that's when he recommended the hyperbaric treatments. Okay. So once again, mm -hmm. did you get antibiotics at any point in time? I don't remember. I don't think so. What? I'm sorry. I'm trying I know, to that's what you I'm blown right now because right. this this annoys me in so many ways. And you know my story and you know yes. it took almost 20 years for someone right. to really listen to me that, hey, look, my my breast is changing and right. got almost as big as a daggone watermelon. But right. do you feel, and I, okay, so I don't know if you're still seeing this doctor or not. So I, I, I'm trying to tread lightly, but I got to ask this yeah, question. But no, you're fine. You're fine. Do you think that possibly there was some form of discrimination, some form of racism, some form, or it was just maybe just- I don't think so. I, I feel like it was just a mystery and he had no idea that he just, because again, and he apologized. He goes, I, I you know, I kind of was, I was like, yeah, you were just kind of passing me off 
and you weren't listening to me. That was the part that made me mad. Yeah. I was just like, you weren't listening. And he apologized. And I, you know, flat out was like, going forward, next time somebody tells you something, don't just safely assume, oh, it's lymphedema because it's in that. Because again, I know that a lot of women experience that after yeah. surgeries and taking the lymph nodes and everything like that. But like I said, he only had taken two to three. So it wasn't like it was a whole bunch that really- right you know, affected me like a whole lot with that. So, um, okay. But, I was just asking because you, yeah, you know, we both, so after that, that, it was wow. like, I'm, you know, whatever that's the next step or whatever it's going to take to, to make sure that we get you back to feeling, you know, like you're supposed to. And then like so I said, that's when he recommended the, the hyperbaric treatment. Yeah. Because there is, the part of you're human, people right. make mistakes, you can't figure it out because it don't look like an infection, the tests right. are coming back negative, I get all that. But we also have to be very, very aware of two things with us. We're a woman, sometimes seeing male doctors mm -hmm. who are discriminative, and then we're African-American women. So right. I always like to, you know, but I do hear you, like after yeah. now, he's been very, very proactive, um, which is good, but I just right. want to bring that up because sometimes we're, we're not heard like I said just right. in a woman period and then you add you know um right. you're African-American or a person of color that can be another factor but um yeah thank goodness he's listening to you because I'm sure that right. taught him a huge like, like I said from from then on out it was you know he called me after all my surgeries mm -hmm. how's everything go you know and like he said you know and like I said I get it and you know, it just wasn't something that happened, you know, all the time. Well, at least um, you said something, because I'm sure you probably helped other women moving forward with him, yeah. you know, listening yes, to them. And, and listening. And like I said, they were always accessible. Right. But like you said, I think, and even like with my case, I think just because, you know, it was again it was small they felt like they had gotten it all but like I said you just you know you just don't know but and again I'm thinking like okay you told me that it was small and told me that I'm gonna have this surgery and everything was gonna be fine I should be feeling fine I should not be in pain I should not be um there's a picture that that was on the reel. It's it's me and my my niece. I call her my twin. Um, and she came to visit, and that was in October, and I was still like really really sick and not you know feeling well. But you know when you're just going, you're getting up and going. You right. think that you're fine. Until I saw that picture, I did not realize how sick I really really was. And oh, I was, and yeah. I was sick, yeah. and but like I said, I just kept moving. But I was in, you know, in pain all the time. Yep, because I remember meeting you via internet. Internet. <laughs> That's when we were yeah. having our, um, meetings. You were going through that. I was yeah. going through capsular contractor and breast implant illness, and I had no clue yeah. what was going on with me. And my expanders were about to pop out my chest. Yes. And I remember you talking about the change, the hyper, 
spirit chamber. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she real sick. Cause I used to work in the medical field. So I was yes. like, oh, she got yeah. it. And that's, that. and that was that precaution. Cause you know, I'm thinking, you know, you hear, you know, hyperbaric treatments and you're just like, yeah. oh. And so when I walk into the room and I see this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be like Michael Jackson sleeping in this. <laughs> it does look like that though. Like it, that's exactly what it looks yeah. like. And it's, you know, and I really wasn't sure what to expect, but you know, and if I'm, you know, people can Google it, but what it, what it is, is yeah, explain it. they have, and they have them from, for all types. Now this was the actual chamber. I'm going in full body. Now some they have where you can sit in a room or you have it. Um, I think they have the ones they can just have like over it just looks like a I don't know um, I've only seen the I'm one like, where you put the whole person in. yeah so it's you know and I think they have different ones that for you know diabetics and wounds but I had I went to um it was at Chippenham uh wound clinic mm-hmm. and these treatment like I said they first ordered 30 so I had to do it for 30 days really how long well I'll let you explain go ahead so it's 30 days wow you go every day for two hours. Whoa, that's longer than radiation because radiation is what, 15 minutes? 15 minutes, if, if that. And so when they're explaining this to you, they're like, you can't, no hairspray in your hair, no nail polish, no, you know, no acrylic nails, no, like I said, no fingernail polish, no oils, no any, you have to, it's just completely, it's just you. Um, and you have to wear a special gown, you, and that, yeah, you put on the special gown and you get into this chamber and it's freezing because it's pure oxygen. And when they put you in, like I said, you're in a special gown, you're completely, you know, you have nothing on, there's no taken. And what's crazy, it's pure oxygen. And you've explained this to people that, you know, you light a match, you're going to blow up. But people would still try to sneak like magazines into the chamber, their cell phones. Mm. But, you know, and they would literally search you before they put you in just to make sure. But they gave you a little special socks that you got to wear for you so your feet aren't cold. And like I said, you had on this gown and they, they pile on the special blankets so you won't be, you know, cold. So you go into, and like I said, mind you, you're in there for two hours and they had a little special TV, they had a TV that was over and I got to go Monday through Friday from nine to 11 and be in this chamber. It took about, when they put you in and that you put it in, you lock, and you know, they lock the door and you can hear the oxygen coming through. And it's it's equivalent like you're in a submarine because they put you under all of this pressure. So some people, your ears would pop mm-hmm. if you couldn't stand the pressure. Um, so they had told me before, they're like, you know, if your ears can't stand it, if you feel like it's too much pressure, we'll have to bring you back up, but you're gonna have to go get tubes. Mm. that doesn't happen to everybody 
It happened mm-hmm. to me. Mm. So. <laughs> you had to get tubes in your ears too? I had to get tubes. And this was after maybe the third or fourth treatment. And it was like one day and I was like, I can't do the, and you know, because they, they, as they're doing that, you know, you're at this pressure, you're at this right. pressure, how you feeling, how you feeling? And it was just like one day I was like, my ears are going to explode. So of course they have to reverse the process, which is not, right. they just can't bring it back up. Right. So, and like that same day, they're like, you've got to go today. Cause I can't, you can't miss the, the treatments in between. You've got, it has to be consistent. So I had to go that afternoon and I understand why they put kids to sleep to put tubes in your ears because it's very painful. But as adults, you get some little numbing drops and they just go in there and do it. And I'm, and again, like, so I got that that afternoon and that next morning I was back in the chamber. So did you have fluid in your ears and that's why you know it was just the pressure? It was just the pressure. Whoa. So that part of your story. (laughs) Yes. But you know, it was, it, you know, so I took it, you know, as is I'm like, okay, so these two hours, um, there were some mornings that I slept for the two hours or, you know, I watched a lot of, I watched a lot of movies. They had a whole lot of array of videos that you could sit and watch and different stuff like that. Or, you know, just a lot of times I just either be in there just, you know, thinking, of course, a lot of praying and right. hey, how am I going to, you know, like get through this. So they, um, so the incision was starting to heal in that process. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole thing they wanted. They wanted the incision instead of stitching it, mm-hmm. they wanted to close on its own. So it basically closed from the was it from the inside out? From the inside out. Mm-hmm. So after the 30 days, they checked the incision. You know, I'm thinking they told me 30 days, like, yay, I'm done. You know, we're going to be finished and everything like that. Yeah, we're going to do another 30 days. No, you have to do 60? I did 60. So that was from January to February. Now, now this is the height of COVID. This, yeah. this is February. So now this is everything on the news where they're starting to, everything's starting to shut down slowly. Uh-huh. So I had finished my treatment and they were going to do one more, they were going to go and they were going to do one more surgery to go in and make sure everything was cleaned out before they close the incision all the way. Cause like I said, you know, it healed from the inside out. So right. we're to close on its own, but they wanted to go in and make sure. This is March and it's March the 19th. My surgery was the next week. That Friday is when they were gonna cut off elective surgeries. Mm-hmm. My surgeon said, Absolutely not. And I literally got in the day before they cut it off. Wow. Because, you know, after that, it was was going to the hospital Mm -hmm. with you. Everybody was shutting down. So um, JR was able to, you know, go in the hospital and everything with me. And I had that surgery. And then, like I said, that next day, that's when everything Okay. So that's when we met. Okay. I was wrong. 
I was wrong. We met, but we had, but we had oh, just, like I said, it was pre. I was going through that. Yeah. At that same time, like you said, and that's why you didn't come. Cause you got surgery and I, I felt like I was dying inside and I couldn't get surgery. I had to wait till yeah. after COVID. Yeah, after. yeah. Cause you had just, but you were telling your story about the chamber and I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. And I remember that. Cause I think you had come to one meeting. Yes, I had come like just yeah. to that one. Wow. So, oh my goodness, see that. It so, was like I said, it was a lot. That is a lot. So you had the surgery and then were you okay after that? Or did so you after that, of course, like I said, it's the you know, it's COVID and now it's you know, you still gotta follow up with everything, but then mm -hmm. this is where now everybody has to wear a mask and no one can come to your doctor's appointments with you. You're just rolling solo. Yeah. So um I said then that's when again like everything shut down. So, you know, it's working everybody's working, you know, from home. Now the kids are they've just stopped school, you know, school is shut mm -hmm. down. And then I couldn't go. I absolutely could not go back to work. I had to do, you know, thank goodness I could work from home, but I had to, I couldn't be around people because I was, my immune system, I didn't have one. So, you know, I was, it was at that time, like the job that I was at, you know, they were half people working at home and everything like that. So JR was still working, but of course, he couldn't, you know, like, so when it, it turned into, he's getting undressed at the door and he's, you know, clothes are going to the wall, you know, it was just like, you could not know what, you know, I just had, I couldn't be, I, I couldn't pick up anything because it just wouldn't. So it was not only myself and then my son is right. um, asthmatic. So it was, it was a lot just to go through. I was thankful that I made it through before mm -hmm. the cutoff because I don't know what would have would have happened, you know, in between there. So your obviously your immune system was compromised because obviously the infection, but yeah. you were better from the infection, but then you had the surgery again. Right. Which a lot of people don't know, but that can plummet your mm -hmm. immune system. Wow. Okay. So I um I did not know you went 60 times. Yes. <laughs> and I, 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 and it seems like it was such a long time ago, but, and I think about just the different things of, you know, doing that every day that was too, and thank goodness I worked where I did. Right. They allowed me, you know, whatever I needed, at least I didn't have to worry about my job. I, you I know, they just made sure you know, get better. Right. So before we get into like when you discovered here for the girls before that, can you, cause I know there's another piece to this that you found out during your um, blood work and things of that nature, because I always like to ask people, was there a genetic mutation in your family? Mm -hmm. um, yours is different. Yes. I found out because, you know, we always talk about the BRCA1, BRCA2, right. and then what Dr. Spina was telling us about the whole panel, which is right. a plethora of different mutations. Different she had one, and I think she did touch on it that night a little bit. I can't remember, but explain what exactly, and for, and also explain if anyone in your family was affected, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. by this mutation, because I 
not too many people I've heard talk about this particular mutation. So um, again, that was the height of like COVID. So it took forever for me to get like into the genetic doctors and to get the results and everything back. So come to find out, I do have a mutated gene. It's um, it's NF1. Um, I don't know the the scientific name like right off my hand, but they, you know, it's shortened to NF1 and it is a link to breast cancer. And they're not sure, it, it, you know, if it's my mother's side or my father's side, but they're leaning towards that it was my father's side because prostate cancer runs heavily on my father's side. My father had it. My grandfather had it. Hmm. My uncles had it. Um, so, but NF1, it's, it is a link to breast cancer. And what it is, it's tumors that can grow on your nervous system. Fortunately, I didn't, I don't have any of those. I have the gene, but I haven't passed it on because that's something that I should have been diagnosed when I was five. So, I mean, I'm now, I'm now 50. But, um, and my kids don't show any signs of it, but again, because that should have been something that they would have been diagnosed when they were kids as well. But just to be cautious, then they had, because it, it really, it could affect your eyes, mm -hmm. um, your brain, your spine, your heart. Um, so now I had to go through all of those tests. I had to see an ophthalmologist. Um, I actually go and see the cardiologist at the end of this month. Um, there's another one, but so far, now that they're just being extra cautious. But yes, it, I could pass it on to my kids, but thankfully, I thank goodness I have not, because like I said, no, they don't show any signs. Now I do have some some birth. I thought they were birthmarks, but they're actually little, um, just. I, people call them skin tags but they're actually yeah, signs of like little tumors of that but because when the when the doctors saw me mm -hmm. they were like has anyone ever said to those two you know you know and you know black people we don't look into everything as a birthmark or everything your mama had it or somebody else had it and Everybody <laughs> yeah you're like oh this is just that's you know that's some black people stuff so um <laughs> I just didn't think anything of it, but like I said, thankfully that I haven't passed that on, but again, um, and they're, you know, they've given the option of testing like the kids, the doctor, they don't believe as of right now that they shouldn't, and you know, like Natalie herself, she's nine, mm -hmm. um, Jonathan now is 18. And so neither one of them show up any signs, but it is something that I, you know, moving forward, if they show any type of signs of, of anything, but. I know when I got the BRCA one, when I got the panel done, mm -hmm. they, I don't know if it's an insurance thing or not, but they, they told me distinctively that if anything came back positive, that my children could be tested my yeah immediate family my children could be tested to rule out any mutation with them mutation. it would yeah. be covered underneath my test. Like it would, yeah. i wouldn't have to pay extra they didn't yeah. offer that that's not they offer. did offer that yes oh okay okay yes 
but you know they said that that was you know again that was my choice but mm-hmm. you know he was like but if you know he said you know it doesn't look like there's any signs and again if they were showing signs we would have seen that way before for now okay they would, so, you, they would like they said, I'm happen. fortunate that I don't have any signs. But and then I've had conversations with my brothers and sisters, and none of us show, you know, any signs. So I don't know if it's just small enough that it didn't. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Are they still gonna test you ever so many years with the panel? They didn't say um they haven't really said like after these testings that I've gone through and everything has come back negative. I don't think they probably will unless I ask them to. Okay. All right. Well, how did you get in contact with here for, how did that all happen? How did that go? Because like, you have so much support with family and friends. Yes. Um, But how did that happen? Jennifer introduced me to here for the girls. Like I said, you know, she was diagnosed and I don't, you know, she had joined and everything like that. And even though I had went with her through, you know, through that process, I really didn't know anything about the the group. I know that she had, you know, found a support group, which was wonderful because even with me going, you know, going to her appointments and everything like that, I didn't know what she exactly was experiencing or what mm-hmm. she felt like she can only explain it to me. So as soon as, you know, I found out and everything, she was like, oh, you need to go to a meeting. And at first I was like, well, I don't really want to go, you know, and talk about, I was like, well, what am I supposed to say? She was like, you don't have to say anything. You can just kind of sit so my first meeting, you know, I could, I, you know, went and, you know, everyone is sitting around, everyone's talking and everyone's starting to, you know, kind of like share what was going on, you know, sharing their stories. And so when I started listening and when people, you know, other ladies were saying like how they felt and, you know, it's, it's nice to, I can tell you something and you know what that feels like, or you know those feelings. And so it came to, I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, then I was like, okay, I'm glad that I came because now, and like I said, and my friends and family and everybody was fantastic, but I can say something to them and you know exactly what it is or not say anything. Right. And just know that. I felt that way or I already know that this is going on. So and explain to because every may have new people um tonight watching. You definitely have your family watching. I want to let you know that I look down and they're there. (laughs) (laughs) Um and I think family from Georgia even, but explain to people who is here for the girls, what is here for the girls. Um, explain what the organization is about. Um, Here for the Girls is a nonprofit organization that helps women diagnosed under the age of 51 um, going through treatments. Um, They have support with, you know, meetings. We have retreats, um, you know, time of getting together and just, you know, loving on each other, just being there and being, you know, supportive. And again, like I said, just to be in a group of women to know that you know, 
I'm going through this with you. I have, yeah. you know, you have somebody to talk to and you don't, you know, it's, is it a group that you thought that you would ever be a part of? No, but it's also a group that you're very, very glad to be a part of. Yeah. I've met some truly, truly amazing, you know, women and, you know, ones here and, and, you know, some gone, but, you know, just to, to know them as well, you know, it's just changed my life. It's, you know, just to have that, have that support, you know, somebody can call up and, you know, you know, just say, well, when you went, did you have this or what did they tell, you know, and it's good to, you know, with their, you know, the, we, you know, have our Facebook page, you know, that we can private message you. Hell, well, does anybody, and it's a, another way of connecting, you know, I didn't have this, but hey, anyone else out here? And, you know, you just connect, you're just connecting people everywhere, you know, all over. Yep. It is definitely life-changing. The it whole is. experience is life-changing. It's life-changing, like, yes. hearing, hearing the diagnosis and then finding here for the girls. And I remember, if you, hopefully you don't mind me sharing this part, but I remember you and I kind of felt the same way because you had stage one, I had stage zero. And it was sort of like, do we really do we have really? anything to talk about? You know, like- yeah. we, we yes. have And I say that all the time. That yeah, but like, we do. Goes, well, my story is like, and I felt that a lot of times that my story is minor compared to what other women and what everyone has gone through. But, you know, from you and from others are like, you know, your story is definitely, you know, there to share. And, you know, and like I said, you know, when you asked me about doing this, I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to say? I'm like, you're gonna hear your story because your story, that's your yeah. and like I said, I it does. Yeah. You know, and like I said, through you know, don't I guess the you know, major thing is, you know, my story is don't skip it if you think that oh it's not gonna be anything. And I'm not saying that, you know, the work, you know, you're gonna get that outcome, but Right. It doesn't hurt to double check and it doesn't hurt to, you know, stay up. So now it's, I'm like that with everybody, like all my friends, I'm staying up, you know, did you get your mammogram this year? Or, were you, you know, or, or they'll text, I'm going to get my mammogram today just because, you know, I'm like, good, that's, you know, <laughs> yay, that's what you're yeah. supposed to do. And, and it can, it could save your life. And I, mm -hmm. I think about now, like, if I hadn't have gone or I skipped that year or skipped a couple of years, who knows mm -hmm. what the, you know, what the outcome yeah. you know, would have been. It, it's still the worst that, you know, yes, you have breast cancer, but it was where it can be treated. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm thankful. I, I yeah. can't, I can't think, be more thankful than just thanking God that, you know, obviously he still has a plan for me. So I, you know, still need to be here and doing what he's made for me to do. Yeah. And I mean, as far as your story, like, so I mean, and we both have felt this way. Well, I didn't go through chemo or like for me, I didn't go through chemo or radiation or tamoxifen, but we all, you and I have had this discussion before right. but at the yeah. end of the day we still have a story because there's somebody out there who may have an infection tonight that 
don't know what to do. Don't know, don't to, know do. to go to get a second opinion. And maybe they're getting ready to have theirs pop open and don't realize that it's going to happen. But maybe something you said can have them to go to the doctor mm -hmm. tomorrow. I mean, there's so many aspects because just because you don't go through chemo or radiation or tamoxifen or right. whatever, all the treatments that are, because everybody has different ones, there's still some aspect of each of our stories that is important for people to hear. Yours has plenty, like I... <laughs> the chamber is yeah i mean it was like i said everything was a lot but you know again i'm just i'm thankful to yeah. still you know be here and to be able to to share and still do the things you know that i like to do and helping others and absolutely i'm fun and I'm glad you came up here to share because people need to hear everything that you've gone through because there's so many aspects to breast cancer outside of breast cancer, meaning complications that people have never heard of before. Right. And these stories are bringing light to that. So that's why I like to hear everybody's story because everybody has a story that can share, um, you know, even if they didn't have any complications, maybe right. they had a gene or whatever. It's just important, period. Yes. Um, but so, it, oh, did you, for those who can see the video, do, would you like to show your month? Cause you're Miss December. Miss December. <laughs> and explain about the calendar too. Explain like what's on it for your month. So people know. Um, for my, for the month of December. Yeah. Like if you have your bio or what's up there, yes. what, what exactly outside of the picture. Um, it's my, it's just my story. Just basically, you know, it tells a little bit about, about me and, and I guess, you know, like who I am and everything. Did you want me to read it? That's up to you. <laughs> That's up to you. Um, all right. Well, I'm Miss December, 2023. Um, and it's, it just starts out, like I said, it just tells our calendar this, this year was, you know, in our own words. So you just yeah. describe like what's going on and, uh, you know, it's just basically the same thing, you know, that I said before, um, I'm the youngest of, I'm the youngest girl of nine siblings. I have four brothers oh. and four sisters. I am from South Haven, Michigan, little town. Shout out, go Rams. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Wolverine fan. Go blue always, all times. Um, and, and like I said, it just tells of, you know, when I was diagnosed, I was newly married and, you know, just telling just basically what I talked about tonight. But the one thing that I didn't, you know, as you've heard me speak about, you know, having, you know, giving thanks and praises and, you know, honor to God, because that is truly the only reason why that I am still here. It's by, you know, his grace that I am still here. And there was a scripture that I always read. It is Isaiah 41, 10, fear thou not for I am with me. Be not dismissed, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, and I will uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. And that was the scripture that I kept with me to keep going. I love it. I love it. So with that being said, there's two things you got to do before you leave. All right. The first thing is share with the audience a word that can help someone who 
either has newly fresh scars and having a hard time dealing with them, old scars that they're ashamed of, or wounds, open fresh wounds that can help them get through the healing process, a word and why you chose that word. When you asked me that about, I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many words. What word would I, would I choose? Um, like I said, everything for me just goes back to, to my faith. And so it's, it's actually, it's two words. It's trust God. And you just, you have to, if you, if you, if you do, if you don't know God, you can message and call me and Christina will pray and talk with you. But if you, if when you, when a life crisis is going on, you will, you, God will meet you right there. And it doesn't matter what you've done, what you're going through. He's going to meet you right there and pick up the pieces and just keep you going. So my thing is, is trust God and, and keep going, trust the people he's going to surround you with and, and keep moving. I love it. And you had a song for your reel. I did. So if you could tell people the name of the song, the artist, in case they want to find it. And also um, share with them why you chose that song. All right. So the song that um, that you hear in the reel is called I See Grace. It's by Micah Tyler. And when you when I listen to the words and it like I said, it wasn't it wasn't out when I was going through my treatment, but it is a song that I listen to all the time. And um, because it's it just that, you know, I see grace. Hallelujah. I stand amazed because. That's what God extends to us every day is his grace and its mercy and his mercy, regardless, again, of what we've done, he's always there. And I try to do my best to extend grace to others. It is not very easy, but I do my best because I think about God extends grace to me every day and I'm not perfect. I mess up every single day, but you know, they extend grace, um, there's a part of the song that says, um, the devil says, I don't deserve what you did on the cross. And he's right, because I don't, but God did it anyway. Mm. And that's always, and it's like a little rap, you know, like in between them, <laughs> but that's, it's really, it really like speaks to me because it's like, you, you know, he's right. We don't deserve that, but God loves us so much. And, you know, even through the, you know, tough times and we may not get a result, the end result that we want to have, but instill, you know, I just know that promise that whatever happens, God has me in his hand and through his promise, the ones, you know, we'll all live forever in his kingdom together and all of us will be fully healed and we'll be able to celebrate and that's that's what I hold on to each day. I love it. And if people, if you want to share, um, because you did mention that if someone wanted salvation, <laughs> I did, I did. Um, do you have like an e? Do you want them to find you by way? You of- can find me via you know Facebook, um, Facebook or Messenger. Okay. So just send me, you know, send me a message. Where, do, where can they find you? What's your handle? 
Um, Instagram, I'm at Evetums. Thanks to my sister-in-law, Lucy, who has nicknamed me that. I have to sit. And, I, um, I, I can I can copy and paste. Yes, and <laughs> um, and so, and then Facebook, it's Yvette Mercer. You know, and reach out, you know, to me that way. Um, if I don't say this at the end, my my coworkers are gonna gonna they want me to shout out to my my new co-workers at my job they know oh. they are. um and you know like I said I shout out to my BFF crew and and Crystal and Tina and Carrie and I could probably name a whole bunch of people oh, <laughs> oh my god I gotta come up here and now I gotta, like, I gotta shout out for I this gotta shout out to everybody and everything but and you know and I love my church Beacon Hill yes. Church um Pastor, yeah. Pastor Dr. Michael Moore. Um, but again, but like I said, it's just me. I hope that again, I hope that I've reached, you know, someone and got to spend the evening with my sister friend Christina Mina, who I I do her PR for her on the side. <laughs> Because my friend never yeah. had her cards or anything. Yes, she I'm gets like, on me all the time. I've gotten better. I've she gotten has, better. Gotten I was just going with one track mind. I'm going to have fun. I'm, going to do I'm not going to publicize anything or whatever. And here she is, everyone. Where's your cards? Do you have your cards? We got to talk about our scars. I'm like, I'm just trying to. I just got to get out there, but people want to know who she is. She's secretly famous, so she's just blowing up all over. I'm just glad that she let me have a little little seat in her. You are hilarious, girl. <laughs> but but yeah, when we're boarding jets and everything, you know, don't forget your girl. <laughs> yeah, as as she's doing PR, then her and my husband are over there. Yes, and we're over there. Covering. We have to be yeah. eating because. Lord, if they're not going to feed us, we can't, we can't come to the event. So her thing is our job is done over here. We're going to eat and I'm going to go ahead and eat talk. and you go ahead and talk and get these, you know, get these coins over here. So let's do this. <laughs> are hilarious. And this is what we mean by she's fun. So, yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And, you know, I always you. leave with the guest with something and what I want to say to you seriously in all honesty is continue to share your story and the reason why I say that to you is because I know you and, and you've got to share you've got to share because it's it's and, and you know it's much bigger than us it's about it's about God's grace like you state it's about his favor it's about having faith it's about souls that are lost it's about souls that need healing physically and mentally and spiritually and you are such a light on this earth you're light that you can see God through you and once again laughter a lot of people don't you know they take that for granted but not everyone has the ability to laugh a lot of people are sitting in dark places all the time more so than they should and when someone like you come around it makes them want to laugh it makes them want to smile and it's because we can see the light through you and the light that I'm talking about is Jesus Christ and we can see the Holy Spirit through you and because of that we feel comfort we feel joy we feel peace and that's what you bring to the table and you bring so much more but those things you bring to the table are some of your attributes that I love about you. And you just really see people for who they are and you meet them where they are. And that's such a good quality about you because some people try to go above or beneath and you calm people down. Cause you know, there's been times where I've been like, Whoa, and you were like, calm down. I, had to, 
Let's um, take it down. But no, you do. And you even just hearing about how, you know, with the doctor situation, you know, many of us would have been like, look, he's fired. But you were like, okay, let me look at this from all angles. Even in your anger, you did what the Bible said, which was that you anger, but you sin not. And that's very, very difficult to do. You you didn't speak too quickly either. So I thank you for setting an example before all of us of his love and his attributes as well. And I just, I just commend you for even coming up here tonight and for sharing your story and just know that your story is very, very impactful and it needs to be heard. It needs to be written. It needs to be shared wherever you possibly can <laughs> and do it often. <laughs> But I love you so much. And I just thank you for taking the time out for coming on tonight. Thank you very much. I'm, it's been great. And I love you. And I thank you. I and you. I love Merry you. Merry so Christmas much. to everybody. Yeah. Out too. Right? Oh, gosh. It's so close. December 25th. It's my birthday. Oh, wow. It's your birthday? My birthday is Christmas Day. Oh, my gosh. That's why I wanted December. That's right. That's right. Your birthday. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that too. I appreciate yes. it. Well, everyone, this is another episode of Our Scars Speak. We thank you for joining us tonight. And remember that your mental and your physical scars speak a story, a story that can heal the wounds of another. So make for sure that you share it. I don't know when you're supposed to share it, but please, please share it when you feel led to do so because someone out there needs to hear it. They need their wounds healed. And you may be the very person who has a story to touch that particular wound. So without further ado, we thank you for your time. We hope to see you again next week. And until then, we love you and we see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Our Scars Speak, and we hope you can join us again real soon. Meanwhile, remember that our mental and physical scars speak a story that can help heal the wounds of another.